Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, who among us hasn't been entertained by cute animal videos online? Well, now a new web series takes that to the next level by highlighting those dedicated to the important work of saving the wild. Also this morning, technology can help ease the issues of isolation and loneliness among seniors, especially during the pandemic. But what about those who are still hesitant to embrace those online tools? Findlay head coach Stefan Adams previews the Trojans' regional quarterfinal against Dublin Kaufman as we take a look at this weekend's high school football action and another collection of tasty recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, November 5th, 2021. So this is the weekend when daylight saving time ends and we fall back. We set our clocks back an hour. Most of us will do this before we turn in Saturday evening, but it technically kicks in in the wee hours of Sunday morning. We return to regular time, which means, of course, that uh, if you forget, you're going to be an hour early for everything and the sunset will happen an hour earlier now for the remainder of the winter, which is just what we need. There are a significant number of states that would like for us to never have to change our clocks again by making daylight saving time permanent year-round. That is an issue. Uh, Jim Reed, the National Conference of State Legislatures, tells USA Today in the past four years, 19 states have enacted legislation or passed resolutions to provide for year-round daylight saving time if Congress were to allow such a change. And in some cases, if surrounding states enact the same legislation. So, and, and I think, hasn't Ohio passed one of those resolutions that if it becomes possible to not change the clocks and just stay on daylight saving time year-round, then we, we will do that. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the 1966 Uniform Time Act says that states can only opt out of daylight saving time and put themselves on standard time permanently. And there are two states that have done that, Arizona and Hawaii, do not change the clocks for daylight saving time. But Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida is one of many that have been a longtime advocate of permanent daylight saving time. So if we didn't want to save the clocks, states could do that right now, but we would have to stay on standard time. And most people who favor setting the clocks and never changing them again, set and forget, would favor staying on daylight savings time. And they're not allowed to do that. So, but uh, Marco Rubio is one of those that has been pushing for a change to the law, which would allow states uh, to make such a change. I think that that could be a problem because then you're going to have states, some would be on standard time, some would be on daylight saving time, uh, year round. And that would get really confusing because theoretically the time you get, it gets earlier in the day as you go West. So 
Ohio is 6 a.m. It's 5 a.m. in Chicago. It's 4 a.m. right now in Denver. It's 3 a.m. in L.A. But if states were to be able to choose whether they stayed on standard time or daylight saving time, then that would be all messed up because, like, Pennsylvania, it might be 5 a.m., and then Ohio would be 6 a.m., and Indiana would be 6 a.m., and Illinois would be 4 a.m. because of the... So it, it would be all confusing. It's going to be... It's got to be one or the other, right? So anyway, the argument... This is kind of interesting. Marco Rubio's uh, argument... Um, he, he issued a press release on this. Uh, his argument contends that there would be many advantages to permanent daylight saving time, uh, including a reduction in car crashes, uh, fewer cardiac problems and stroke. Believe it or not, uh, the weekend uh, of the time change and the first few days after the time change, there is an uptick in the number of, of cardiac incidents, heart attacks and stroke go up. This I don't know why, but it is what it is. Uh, he also cites improved mental health, less crime, increased economic growth, and increases in physical fitness, presumably because we'd have more daylight hours to get out and exercise. So there's uh, an argument to be made is the uh, bottom line. But for now, we it's all a moot point because we continue to shift our time. So back to standard time this weekend. Here is something really interesting, uh, and this is the ethical question of the day. See what you think about this story that I saw in the news Newswire this morning. Uh, remote working. Many people are working from home, if not permanently, at least part of the time, post-pandemic now, because more... Workplaces have adopted remote work policies, but uh, a posted position by Mattel, the toy maker, uh, has gained some attention. In their job listing, they are advertising for a new remote gig. You can work from home for Mattel, but there is a provision where the boss can make periodic unplanned visits to your home. During scheduled work shifts. <laughs> so that's an interesting twist. Yes, the boss says, yes, you can work from home, but I reserve the right to drop by unannounced every now and then during work hours to make sure that you are working at your home. Uh, netting This has netted concern from social media regarding privacy policies in the workplace. The uh, policy also says that employees must have a closed-door work area with no distractions or background noises. So no pets, no children, no music, no talking from people other than yourself in your little... Basically, they want you to have a little cubicle office space of your own with absolutely no distractions, must be free from all other responsibilities. So they don't want you doing laundry on the side while you're working. So I don't know. Do you think that'll fly? Uh, again, this is just another indication that uh, businesses are struggling to adjust to this new normal and 
how much freedom do we give employees if they're working from home? I got to think, you know what, if they're if they're working, they're getting all their work done, they're pro, uh, they're productive. Studies have uh, have shown that workers, remote workers are at least as productive if not more productive working from home as they are uh, in the office. That should be enough, but apparently not for Mattel. So that is uh, gains gains some attention. We're talking about that. Uh, at the risk of wading into the waters of the battle of the sexes, I thought this was kind of interesting story here that says, despite the stereotypes, women are not more emotional than men. Researchers at the University of Michigan say feelings such as enthusiasm, nervousness, or strength are often interpreted differently between the genders. But it's what uh, what being emotional means to men versus women that really makes the difference. For example, a man whose emotions fluctuate during a sporting event is described as a passionate fan. But a woman whose emotions change uh, due to any event, even if provoked, is considered irrational. There's probably a lot of truth to that, if you really think about it. Researchers tracked men and women and found little to no differences between how emotions fluctuated between the two groups uh, in short periods of time, depending on what's going on around them. Uh, researcher Amy Lovisca said they looked at women who were on hormonal birth control and women who were not and found no meaningful differences between the groups of women, uh, debunking the theory that emotional highs and lows are due to hormonal influences. And they found that generally men and women go through the same emotional roller coasters. We just we just look at it differently. We just hmm, that is interesting. By the way, speaking of the battle of the sexes, how about the theory that women are less competitive and less willing to take risks than men? The associate director of the Arizona Center for the Philosophy of Freedom. Mary Rigdon found that that theory is also invalid. They took more than 200 participants in this study, divided them into two groups based on gender, and then asked them to solve a series of math problems. And the men and women were both, both groups were given the option of choosing a guaranteed prize for a correct result, a larger prize if they were the top performer of their group, or a larger prize still with the option to share the winnings with the losers. So to set this up to see how competitive uh, men and women were and how willing they were to take risks. The study found that women entered competitions at the same rate as men, but that 60% of women chose to compete when they could share their winnings compared with only 52% of men. So, so much for... That idea that women are less competitive than men taint true, as it turns out. Kind of interesting. And, by the way, this story, very important follow-up. The National Toy Museum, the Toy Hall of Fame, has announced their new inductees for 2021. The new inductees in the National Toy Hall of Fame, American Girl Dolls, the board game Risk, and Sand. 
American Girl Dolls created in 1986, been a favorite of kids ever since. The game of Risk has been around since 1959. And of course, the uh, curators of the National Toy Hall of Fame say sand is a timeless toy that kids have played in the sand forever. So those are the uh, three. Um, also in the running this year were other nominees, Battleship, The Settlers of Catan, Mahjong, and Billiards, as well as Cabbage, Cabbage Patch Kids, Masters of the Universe, the Fisher-Price Corn Popper. Now that's got to get in at some point, doesn't it? I mean, it's got to get in, but not this year. Uh, the Toy Fire Engine it is another shoe-in, but not this year. And the Pinata did not make the cut. So... Those are your new Toy Hall of Fame inductees, American Girl Dolls, Risk, and Sand. Uh, you could argue for some of those others, but you can't, I don't think, uh, argue with any of those uh, uh, inductees. I think those are uh, pretty good choices. So there you go. Some of the uh, first things you need to know to get your TGI Friday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast, partly to mostly sunny today with a high of 50. Clear skies tonight, a low of 30. The Finley Fire Department is reminding everybody to change the batteries in their smoke detectors over the weekend when they move their clocks back for the time change. We spoke with Inspector Eric Wilkins about the importance of smoke detectors. There is nothing in your house that is more important for your safety than a smoke detector. And when you're sleeping... The only thing that's going to wake you up is that smoke detector if there's a fire in your house. So it's getting around the time change, like you said. We like you to change your batteries at the time change. He says batteries should be replaced about every six months, and smoke detectors last about 10 years before they should be replaced. Get more on our website. As the debate rages over the constitutionality of a gerrymandered state legislative map, GOP lawmakers have proposed a congressional map that's receiving similar backlash. Ohio House Republicans announced a highly controversial congressional delegation map. Right now, there are 12 Republicans and four Democrats in Congress. But under the newly proposed map, only two Democratic seats would be safe. Columbus's third congressional district and Cleveland's 11th congressional district. The Senate also released its new map, which is more competitive than the House version. Lawmakers have until the end of the month to approve a new map. ONN's Tracy Townsend reporting. Get more on the maps on our website. The public's invited to attend the dedication of the new Veterans Memorial in Van Buren on Veterans Day. The memorial is located at the Village Square and will be dedicated on Thursday, November 11th. The memorial is an Eagle Scout project created by a senior at Van Buren High School. The Finley Veterans Day Parade will be held on Sunday. The parade will begin at the corner of Lincoln Street and Main Street at 2 p.m. and will end at the Hancock County War Memorial. Get more on our website. The Ohio State Buckeyes were left out of the first college football playoff rankings, so they'll have something to prove when they visit Nebraska on Saturday. Buckeyes head coach Ryan Day says they're much better than their record indicates. Just watch the film, and I can tell you they have good coaches, and, and they're playing well, and uh, they've come up short on some of these games, but, but I know they're very dangerous. The Buckeyes and Cornhuskers kick off at noon on Saturday. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, who among us has not gone down a rabbit hole at one time or another watching those cute animal videos online? I did this 
just the other day. I looked up and suddenly I'd blown like two hours watching all of these videos. Well, here is a new video series that you have to check out. It is called Saving the Wild. It is hosted by Peter Gross, nationally recognized animal authority and active conservationist who was co-host of the original Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom series. Many of us remember that show. And Peter, in fact, this series was produced in partnership with Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom and the Dodo, which, again, many of us are very familiar with, with their adorable animal videos online. Talk a little bit about this partnership and the concept of this series. Well, well, it's, it's a great new concept that we're very proud of, that uh, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom is joining forces with the Dodo. And the goal is to educate the public about animals and conservation through the new digital series. Um, called Saving the Wild. And it's very um, animal-centric, family-focused sort of a show that anybody comfortable watching with their families. And the purpose is to bring awareness to endangered species and the struggle some of them are having um, as things change on our planet. But I think, you know, much like the, the format of the original Wild Kingdom, the digital series follows five animals that inspire viewers to become involved at a personal level um, in a sense, to help save wildlife uh, through conservation. Uh, yeah, you say that you hope that saving the wild will play a critical role in changing public attitudes about animals. How so? <laughs> well, I think when they see animals up close and personal, um, like the, the, the first uh, show that was launched uh, in October was about uh, Nat, uh, Natalia, a little penguin, and this young penguin washed up on the Peruvian shores and was weak and well-meaning people tried to encourage her and push her back into the ocean. And as a result, she was rescued and taken to a wildlife center. She now had fear of water. So how do you reintroduce an animal back to the wild once you've got it healthy if it's afraid to go in the environment in which it has to survive? So together we worked out a program where uh, little Natalia, the penguin, would walk over to the side of a kiddie pool when she put a foot or two in the water, she got a fish reward. <laughs> Gradually, she became confident, and we got her a larger pool, and they offered more fish to her in that kiddie pool. And it's one of the, one of the five stories you'll see on Dodo is as she gets stronger and then is introduced to another penguin, eventually she stands on the side of the boat, and with some encouragement, off she goes and swims out strong and healthy back to join the rest of the colony. Now, that sort of thing inspires people who generally think of penguins living down where it's cold and they're a group and they live mm -hmm. out on the way out on the rocks. All of a sudden, it personalizes it with people. And we do the same thing with the bear cubs in the Northwest and a bat named Barnaby in France and a beaver named Justin and a, and a seal in Ireland. And so we've individualized and drawn attention to, and to each individual animal. And I think as a result... Viewers will want to become involved and in participating in saving them as a species. Yeah, I, I uh, actually saw the uh, penguin video that you were talking about. It is absolutely adorable and really interesting uh, about uh, the uh, rehab process. So uh, if indeed this series has that intended effect of changing public attitudes about animals and teaching people about the uh, impact of uh, climate change on the survival of some of these endangered species, then what? I mean, awareness is good, but it doesn't mean much without action. What do you hope to move people to do? Well, I, th I think that the first action is at a very young age, 
um, if you have a young family, is getting them involved with nature, taking time to taking them for for like walks in the forest, taking to our county and our state and our national parks, and getting them involved with backpacking and camping and seeing wildlife in its natural state. Um, and then uh, that's such an important part of of how we we feel spending time in nature as well as time in cities and working. And then if they want to become involved at a personal level, maybe volunteer at a nature or science center or, you know, plastics are a real issue in the ocean. So maybe go to a beach cleanup. If you don't live near a beach, maybe a river cleanup because what ends up in the river eventually does end up in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And what floats in the ocean like plastics to animals like turtles and dolphins look like food to them. Um, invasive plant removal. Um, so there are so many projects that people can get inspired by watching the dodo, um, watching Saving the Wild, and say, now what can I do here? It doesn't have to be, be a huge corporate-funded event. Each one of us can leave that show thinking, now what can I do locally to help? And I'm, and I'm hoping that this show um, will reach that new generation and still respect for the natural world and have people become committed to help. You also point out that while protecting our endangered animal species is important, this ultimately uh, also says a lot about the survival of the human species as well. Yes, indeed. I mean, we, all things are connected. I mean, who would, for, who would want to live in a world without wild places and nature and flora and fauna and places like that to go. What sort of an existence would that be? I think we're innately driven to solve problems as we did in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s that related to conservation issues. Now that we have solved what we have now, it's just a new set of problems, which I'm convinced we will solve. This planet is resilient. It has been, and as long as we all do our part, Uh, I think we can solve the problems that are facing us. It's a great place to leave it there. Again, the video series is called Saving the Wild. It is hosted by Peter Gross, a partnership of Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom and the Dodo. And where can folks find this series? They should go to wildkingdom.com. Peter Gross, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks. Nice talking to you. Well, you know, isolation has always been a concern among the senior population, even more so over the past year and a half for obvious reasons. But those who are tech-savvy have something of an alternative that can provide a lifeline, not only during a pandemic, but every day. And joining us this morning to talk about getting seniors actively engaged online is Jill McNamara, Senior Director at Care.com. And Jill, you recently did a senior care survey on the lasting impact of the pandemic on older older adults. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you found. That during this COVID 19 pandemic, seniors have been greatly impacted and experienced a number of challenges. Isolation being one of the most prominent, and really looking for ways to keep seniors engaged and have social opportunities has been so crucial. Prior to the COVID 19 pandemic, we saw that the majority of seniors wanted to age in place as opposed to a senior living community. Typically, this can be because home can feel comfortable, it's familiar, and that transition to a community may feel disruptive. And so that trend to age in place really wasn't impacted because of the pandemic. 
In Care.com 2021 Senior Care Outlook Survey, we found that the number of individuals who wanted to age in place actually increased. And we've seen more and more seniors looking for support in the home, help with things such as meal preparation, light housekeeping, or even help running errands so that they can continue to age in place successfully. So I would imagine that uh, none of this is particularly surprising to you. No, we are not surprised to continue to see this trend of wanting to age in place. However, we were surprised to find that both the adult children and senior were aligned on this, with the majority of adult children expressing concerns over their parents' emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. We imagined that they would want to see their seniors in a community. But in fact, both seniors and adult children wanted their parents to remain in place and age in place. But of course, what that brings up, uh, again, circling back to where we started, is the question of isolation, which was uh, certainly uh, made even more uh, prominent, a more pointed issue uh, during the pandemic. And as we mentioned, technology, one way to manage the loneliness and the anxiety of the pandemic. But I hear some people say, you know, it's just not the same as interacting with people in person, which is true. But then they'll use that as an excuse not to even try. How do you convince uh, seniors to give this a try, go online, and become sort of uh, online uh, tech savvy with this? As you mentioned, seniors often may feel vulnerable or fearful about technology. And the pandemic has really forced a lot of people to start to explore this. We know with the holidays coming up, for many seniors, it might mean cold winter months ahead. They do have that concern of isolation, depression, anxiety, but thankfully there are ways to manage this. Don't underestimate the power of sunlight is the first thing I would say. Really opening those shades, having that sunlight come through can be a great way to improve the mental health for a senior. Staying active is another way that seniors can try to combat this isolation and depression and anxiety. And staying active can have a positive impact on both physical and mental health. And then finally, many seniors may not have that option to leave their house and to have that in-person interaction. And that's where we have seen individuals who are aging more open to technology. In fact, AARP conducted a survey earlier this year and found that 44% of older adults view technology more positively than they did prior to the pandemic. Yeah. So things like FaceTime and, and even finding companion caregivers online are a great way to promote that interaction and socialization for seniors. Now, I know that uh, you at Care.com have partnered with Get Set Up. Uh, talk about what that partnership is all about and what it means. Get Set Up is a digital resource that helps seniors actively engage online, and they do this through technology, mental enrichment activities, things such as online yoga classes, or even cooking classes. And with Care.com being the leading online platform for families finding care, this is really a natural partnership to provide seniors with education and resources regarding caregiving. So things such as what are the care options that exist out there today, or even how to pay for care to help seniors age more successfully in place. So where do we uh, find more information uh, about this uh, partnership and the ways that it can help? The first step 
Sign class is next Tuesday, November 9th. Okay. And to learn more about this class and more, you can go to getsetup.org and search for care.com. And lastly, let me ask you this. For those who may be concerned about an older loved one, maybe it's an aging parent or maybe it's just a, a next-door neighbor who we think has uh, kind of become more isolated uh, because of that, how do we reach out to try and, and help them break that isolation and get more interaction whether that's as you, as you said just to you know throw open the the uh, curtains and you know try and stay a little bit more active and even if it's just you know getting online to have uh, some of those connections what's the first step in in sort of reaching out to someone we're concerned about i would say finding ways of engagement is so crucial so whether that is talking to a loved one on the phone whether you are able to physically visit or if you can't that's where even starting slowly with technology to help your loved one feel more comfortable and engaged can be so crucial. So as I mentioned, whether it's just those FaceTime interactions for engagement, or if a loved one participates in one of these classes, they can have that online community, online engagement. And so I would say start small. We've seen this pandemic has really forced a lot of us to adapt. And so just start where your senior is. What are they open to? What are they open to trying? And start there and just make sure they have some level of engagement and interaction. Again, Jill McNamara is Senior Director at Care.com. Uh, we mentioned the partnership. Mentioned the website again uh, where we can learn more information about that in that upcoming uh, class. You can learn more at GetSetUp.org and search for Care.com. So we'll link that up on our webpage as well. Jill, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I tell you, one of the things about putting 16 teams in each region in the high school football playoffs is it has really allowed for some Cinderella story stories after the first week. And... Uh, after taking care of their business in the opening week of the playoffs, the Trojans will now meet up with one of those Cinderella teams. Dublin Kaufman pulled off a huge upset on a last-second Hail Mary to advance. And uh, Finley, I will try and put an end to that as <laughs> the Shamrocks come to town. Our John Marshall spoke with head coach Stefan Adams about advancing in the playoffs on Wednesday's Coach's Corner. You've been talking all season about how your young men need to be resilient, bounce back from adversity. Last Friday's playoff game against Miamisburg, a really good example of your team doing just that. You have to be immensely proud with how they held everything together, made some plays, and managed to earn a playoff win. Yeah, I think that we can go back to game one, uh, Anthony Wayne, and just look at how we were down a little bit, and the guys were able to come back and finish it off. We've had those moments this season, the ups and downs, and uh, we had a couple losses along the way and taught us some lessons. Uh, we went back and looked at ourselves, changed some things, and once again, still things weren't perfect, but we were always knew that we had the capabilities of always uh, coming back on both sides of the, all three phases of the game. So uh, I think we've been battle-tested all year long, and I think uh, the guys kind of know as long as we get rolling and we get a chance to get rolling, good things will happen. So very proud of our guys. A great passing effort by Ryan Montgomery, 17-26 yep. for 255, four touchdowns, one interception on yep. a rainy night where most teams would opt to keep the ball on the ground. 
and hope for the best. Correct. The receiving core should get equal credit for making those catches under less than ideal circumstances. Max Roth, Ben Ireland, Justin Roth, Terry and Ross, all with catches on Friday night. Yep, that's what we uh, want to get the ball to our playmakers. Those are the guys you just named there, uh, our four seniors. Um, they're the guys who are kind of the rock of this program. They've played good ball. They've played meaningful minutes uh, in all sports. Uh, definitely in football from their sophomore year. So these are guys who are primed to make plays, want to make plays, want to be involved. And uh, the way we're spreading around right now is really, uh, really get, keeps the guys energized. The line did a real nice job opening yes. some holes for the backs and giving Ryan Montgomery a pocket to pass from. Correct. Yeah, no, they've done a solid job. Uh, we just got to keep it going of being able to have that good balance. Uh, our guys are protecting well. Uh, we're running well when we need to, and then we're passing the ball. Obviously, it's kind of a uh, our identity right now. We're doing that well um, at the same time. So it's just keep plugging away. Uh, we have the ability to rely on any person on our offense at any point in time, and that's a, it's a good thing to have right now. And the defense uh, did yeah. what needed to be done. I mean, once again, just a resilient group of guys. I mean, it's hard because, you know, we have this mindset on offense of coming out and just kind of getting rolling and, we're slinging around a little bit, setting up the run, and kind of being able to do both and balance both. On the other side, for those guys, you know, you're getting a team that we haven't seen before. Uh, so, you know, it's what, what are they going to come with? Where it's playoff time, right? Teams are going to kind of throw the kitchen sink at you. Well, they came out and did a little bit of no huddle. Uh, we, don't, we don't see too often traditional wing T no huddle teams. Uh, so, you know, it took us a little bit to settle in, uh, but our guys settled in, and they just, once again, they knew the resiliency that was needed. Uh, for this game and for these opportunities, and they did just that, led by uh, Sam Wyrout, Braden Lane, and Cam Stagnolia, you know, some of our, our, our senior veteran guys. Special teams made some plays, oh, too. Yeah. A blocked extra point in the first half that yep. faced, forced Miamisburg into a two-point conversion attempt that was also denied. Uh, fake punt late in the game. <laughs> All kinds of good things. Yeah, no, I mean, I it's kind of where I lie my hat on a little bit, and it's kind of being aggressive. Uh, you know, in the special teams game, I want to be aggressive. I want to make, you know, people defend every single play. Um, and, you know, I want that to be a phase. I don't want that just to be an option or something that we have to do. I want it to be an important part of the game. And we've made plays in all uh, of our specials this year. And it's a lot, lot to do with what I've learned from my time at the University of Finley of really kind of being able to find ways to get points and ways to flip the momentum. And that's through special teams. So uh, I've taken that philosophy and really run with it. And it's worked out for us this year. Doesn't get any easier this week. Dublin Kaufman, the 14 seed in Division One, Region Two, upset Wayne from Huber Heights. Kaufman had the Trojans' number in the past, but yes. the uh, two schools haven't played in a while. What do you expect to see from the Shamrocks on Friday? Yeah, you're going to see a tough, uh, a tough team, uh, a team that really is starting to, you know, really form uh, the identity that, that their head coach wants. Uh, he wants a tough, hard-nosed competitive for four quarters team uh he wants uh to be able to run the ball through his quarterback and him be kind of the machine of their offense and they have a guy who's six three two ten um they want to compete um and they're gonna look to give our best and you know i know record is what it is but listen they made the playoffs and they advanced in the playoffs so it tells you how good of a quality uh, of a team they are and also how good of a coach they have to get those guys to buy in and uh one thing i got this week that was unique a lot of text messages from alumni uh, a lot of Facebook messages from alumni that everybody talked about. We need this one. They got us back in 1999, you know, and, right. uh, you know, holding on to those, those moments. So we're going to have a good crowd on Friday night, and I think uh, some of it helps that we were doing a good job winning, but a lot of guys want to see us get this win this Friday too. <laughs> I, it was so funny to me when the Coach Adams chuckled when John brought up the uh, fake punt last week. So. <laughs> 
Trojans having an awful lot of fun. Here's hoping they can keep it going. It's the Shamrocks and the Trojans this evening. And our coverage begins with tonight in high school football from the Ohio News Network right after the 6 o'clock news, followed by Tim Montgomery and Cliff Height with the call on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. Some of the other action this weekend around the area on Saturday night, we have bonus coverage right here on WFIN. Liberty Benton is at Elmwood in Division 5. We'll have that game on our airwaves because over on our sister station, 100.5 WKXA, tomorrow night it's Lipsick at Macomb. So I have uh, both of those games covered for you. Other action, Liberty Center is at Columbus Grove. Waynesfield Goshen is at Hopewell-Loudon. Upper Scioto Valley is at Lima Central Catholic in week number two of the playoffs. And uh, Waynedale is at Ottawa Glandorf, that one on 106.3 The Fox tomorrow evening. You can follow all of those games and more in real time on the WFIN scoreboard page powered by ScoreStream and presented by Owens Community College at WFIN.com slash scoreboard and also linked up at goodmornings.net. And, of course, catch the Coach's Corner with John Marshall live from Ralphie's Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. or anytime on demand at WFIN.com. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Now, here is a little bit of advice for would-be criminals. Now, not that we would encourage you to enter a life of crime, but if you so choose, this is one of those things that you might want to put down uh, on your your list of uh, helpful tips. When it comes to stealing furnaces, <laughs> when it comes to stealing furnaces, make sure the gas is switched off. This is a report out of the CBC. Uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Company in Winnipeg, Ontario, Canada. Two people broke into a vacant home and tried to make off with the heating unit. Unfortunately, the would-be thieves did not re- realize that the gas had already been turned on. And these idiots caused a, a huge gas leak when removing the furnace. Luckily, the home had a security system, so police were alerted to the intrusion. In addition, neighbors soon detected... The smell of natural gas in the air and also called authorities, <laughs> letting you know just how badly these thieves screwed up on their little mission. Police peeked inside the home and saw a man and a woman passed out on the floor because they had been overcome by the noxious fumes. <laughs> they made it. They, sometimes the criminals just make it a little too easy for the police. They were passed out apparently the two dislodged the gas feed during the theft and triggered the leak authorities dragged the furnace bandits uh, outside and let them come to before placing them under arrest because what fun would that be if you arrest them while they're unconscious i mean you gotta (laughs) uh let's see how about this apparently boat rage is a thing you heard of road rage Well, an Alabama man was arrested in Pensacola, Florida, after being accused of slamming his boat into someone else's boat. A case of boat rage is the way they're classifying this. The people on board the boat that was struck 
said they were passing by the other guy when a wave from their boat caused 52-year-old Kenneth Gordon's boat to rock back and forth. And that angered the people on Mr. Gordon's boat. Stop rocking my boat. Uh, Mr. Gordon reportedly caught up to them a short time later and collided with the first boat, causing two passengers to be ejected into the water. A witness said uh, Mr. Gordon uh, picked up the people who were ejected from his boat and left the area. She said uh, she believed the operator of the first boat, boat, Mr. Gordon, was intoxicated at the time. Oh, what a surprise. What a surprise there might have been alcohol involved. Witnesses also reported seeing Mr. Gordon yelling and claimed he intentionally crashed his boat into the other. Uh, he had he got the worst of it. Not only did uh, not only was it two of the passengers on his boat that got thrown overboard, but Mr. Gordon had four broken ribs and a collapsed lung as a result. So he got the worst of it. Uh, other passengers uh, reported back pain and bruising. Passengers on the boat he hit reported back pain and knee injuries. Mr. Gordon has been charged with reckless operation of a vessel, failure to report an accident, aggravated battery, and criminal mischief. Uh, he is out on bail, uh, but I don't think he'll be boating anytime soon. Man. Uh, what about this? Uh, an animal story out of Aspen, Colorado. If you thought you only had to worry about burglars breaking into your car, think again. Uh, culprit uh, on the loose in uh, Aspen uh, completely destroyed the inside of a car after it broke inside. Yep, bear, bear got into the car. The uh, Aspen Police Department noted that the car was left unlocked. Um, <laughs> and not only did the bear absolutely destroy the car, it said the seats were shredded, the doors were torn to pieces, but also the bear left an extra special surprise in the back seat. The bear, <laughs> the bear did his business right there in the back seat of the car. What's the old joke? Does a bear poop in the woods? No, in this case, he did in the car. Um, uh, the moral of the story, says the APD, be bear aware. We have a band of bandits in Aspen who will stop at nothing for a good snack. They'll raid your trees, your homes, and yes, even your car. Man. I guess the bears are getting really smart. They've figured out how to uh, uh, open the car doors. Uh, now, you leave it unlocked, they'll get in. Uh, let's see here. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning... A former police officer, now former police officer, emphasized that part, in Maui, Hawaii, has been sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison for solicitation from a suspect. <laughs> why, why, would, why would anyone, why would a cop do this? Um, because you know you're going to get caught. In July of 2019, Brandon Seffels arrested a woman on suspicion of DUI. After she was released from jail, he texted and called her, offering to lie in front of a judge to help her case. In exchange, he wanted her to meet him in person and come to his home for a little hanky-panky. In all, four women are now suing the Maui Police Department, claiming officers victimized them in similar ways. 
the former Officer Seffels will begin his prison sentence in early January. Why do you do that? What is that? You don't think you're going to get away with that, do you? There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. New poll about how, why, and even if Americans work out will not come as a shock at all, I don't think. is a, a survey of 2,000 Americans shows fully half, 50% of us, get, say we get no joy whatsoever about exercising. And uh, of those 50%, uh, they hate it so much that they would do just about anything to avoid it, they say. Uh, this was a, a poll on behalf of the uh, fitness and lifestyle coaching app Freeletics, found that 34% of those surveyed would rather hand wash all of their dishes for the rest of their life (laughs) rather than work out. 33% say that they would welcome a long weekend with their (laughs) in-laws. They would choose a long weekend with their in-laws over exercise. Now that's some serious hate right there. (laughs) 29% of those in the survey say they would rather reconnect with a high school bully. 25% would risk Texting an X as opposed to working out. Um, now, again, that is a, a pretty serious to, to text an X uh, as the better alternative than exercise. That's pretty serious there. Another 25% say they would rather live without Netflix for a year rather than work out. Although, if you were didn't have Netflix for a year, what else would you do with your time? Well, I don't know. Now, that's not to say that we don't realize we should be exercising more. 63% of those in the poll said that they would have more energy if they did exercise more. 56% say they would have a better attitude overall. 46% say their sex life would be better. But interestingly, even many of those who do exercise regularly don't get a whole lot of joy out of it, don't particularly like it. 54% of respondents say they mentally check out while exercising because they are so bored and 18% say their bodies are on autopilot while they are exercising. (laughs) So now I should point out, this was a non-scientific poll, but that being said, I think we could probably all agree that those are pretty reliable results. I think (laughs) think we're all pretty much there, aren't we? Once again, it is time to finish up the week with another collection of really tasty recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. My wife Kyra has joined us in the studio this morning. (laughs) Big sigh. He's a little crazy uh, here at the old uh, Radio Ranch this morning. Yeah. 
Yes, it is. Well, it's okay. We, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I had to, we had to uh, We had to print out the... Uh, well, first, you were a little uh, grumpy this morning. You got up uh, I got late. up late. Yeah. And uh, I have the alarm plans. I off. have stuff that has to be done today. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we had to uh, realize we didn't... Uh, I printed have, them. I just can't find them. <laughs> so I had to print the recipes again. They're probably so, a lot of things going still on. on the printer. A lot of uh, <laughs> things going on uh, here during the uh, during the last uh, commercial break <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> if you could see what was going on behind the scenes, uh, it's what happens sometimes when you do live radio. Yep. Uh, but my wife Kyra has joined us in the uh, studio with another collection of uh, really easy and really yummy recipes. Uh, we start off with a shredded chicken recipe, which sounds very basic, but you did this the other day, yeah. and uh, I know you're not big on shredded no. chicken normally, right? But yeah, but um, I, every time I've had shredded chicken, it's very it's very bland. bland yeah, yes, and I don't like bland. <laughs> <laughs> but this, so this but one, this yeah, is a this uh, one is 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 not a very flavorful yes. uh, shredded chicken sandwich. So how do we do it? So one 12 and a half, 12 and a half ounce can of chunk chicken drained, two tablespoons of butter, two tablespoons of flour, a cup of milk, a half a tablespoon of minced dried onion, one cup crushed potato chips, salt and pepper to taste, and chicken broth. Um, so in a medium saucepan, melt your butter, add the drained chicken, sprinkle your uh, flour over the chicken, uh, stir that up, and then add um, add a little bit more flour and your minced onion. Okay. So, um, and then that's going to become your thickening sauce. Gotcha. Um, so then add your milk and uh, cover and uh, let that thicken up and cover and let it cook over medium heat until it's completely thickened. Then add your potato chips, your salt, your pepper to taste and cook for about 20 minutes to completely thicken it up and mm-hmm. then put it on your bun and serve. We were thinking uh, it would be really great on like a Kaiser roll yes. or, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. one of those uh, pub buns oh, yeah. um, would be uh, really good. Maybe even a yeah. pretzel bun oh, would, that be, w- that might would be, be good, good too. Uh, with that. Yeah. And when we say this is uh, this has uh, more flavor to it, it's not like it's yeah. spicy or anything no, like that. No, it's just, just, uh, yeah. just a little more flavor flavorful than your typical yes. bland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shredded chicken. Yeah. So, yep. give it a try. It's the really good. Potato chips stuff. really help. <laughs> that helps, and uh, also as you mentioned, the uh, dried onion yeah. uh, gives it a little bit of a yeah. So just yeah. a little bit. Yep. Uh, to go along with the shredded chicken, uh, warm Mexican corn salad. Yes. So this is one tablespoon of butter, one bell pepper, one four 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 and a half ounce can of chopped green child peppers. Um, one zucchini, one tablespoon of homemade taco seasoning, one teaspoon of ground black pepper, and six ounce frozen corn. So remove uh, the ribs and the seeds from your bell pepper and chop into a quarter inch pieces. If you want to mince it up a little bit more, that's fine also. Uh, remove the skin from the zucchini, chop into half inch chunks. Um, all of the fresh vegetables are then placed into a large skillet and sauteed in butter until soft, mm-hmm. about five, 10 minutes. Uh, depends then, on, on what you 
what you like. I mean, if you need to get one out and taste it and that's your crunchiness, then perfect. Okay. All right. So um, the longer you cook it, the softer correct. they will be. Okay. Correct. And then correct. you put in the uh, chili peppers. Right. And, and the- then add your chili peppers, your frozen corn, your taco seasoning, your ground black pepper, stir until well combined. Cook for about another five minutes or so, stirring occasionally. Uh, once the corn is warmed through, uh, season it with some lime juice, mm. top it with some cilantro if desired, and serve warm. Yeah. It's, it's uh, hence, really good. Hence the name warm yeah. Mexican corn yes, salad. So, it's really good. Good stuff with the uh, shredded chicken there, too. And for dessert... We have, (laughs) this is what you do with all of your leftover pumpkins, Uh, your uh, pumpkin blondies. Yes. So so two and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one tablespoon of pumpkin spice, one and a half teaspoons of baking soda, one teaspoon of kosher salt, one cup of unsalted butter, um, one three-fourths cup granulated sugar, one large egg, one and a half cups of pumpkin puree, two tablespoons of vanilla extract, and um, one to one and a half cups of chocolate chips depends on how you how like. many chocolate yeah. chips you, you want, want with your yeah. If you want to throw blondies. the whole bag in, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> can never have too many chocolate chips. That's right. There's a general rule of thumb in Kyra's kitchen. Yes, you can never have too many chocolate chips. Yes, preheat so. the oven to 350 degrees in a large bowl. Combine together the flour, the pumpkin. Uh, pie spice, the baking soda, and the salt. Then in a separate bowl, uh, uh, beat your the butter until um, it's nice and smooth. And try and get your butter to room temperature and then do it. It just it makes it a lot it, easier. It makes, yeah. and, well, and it's uh, the consistency. It's just a lot creamier. Okay. Um, so then add your sugar, beat until fluffy. Uh, then next, mix in your eggs, your pumpkin puree, and your vanilla. Slowly add in your flour mixture, mix until, mix until combined. Fold in the chocolate chips, butter a 19 by 13 inch baking dish, pour the batter into the prepared baking dish. Bake for 35 to 40 minutes or until a toothpick comes out clean. Right. Um, allow it to cool for about 20 minutes in the pan and then remove from the pan and cut into bars and enjoy. So really easy to do. Yeah. So that's good. That's another one of those uh, desserts, and we do a lot of these, Yeah. where it, when you look at it or you, when you enjoy it, everybody else is going to be saying, wow, that's great. I mean, it must yeah. have taken you a long time. This is uh, yeah. really easy. Easy. So Yeah, that's all I do. You're giving, <laughs> giving, away, giving away all your secrets <laughs> yeah. here. Um, so the uh, shredded chicken, the warm Mexican, corn salad and the pumpkin blondies your recipes from Kyra's kitchen this morning and uh, you had a you had a different uh, dessert recipe that you were working on the other day I I, I, I thought did? I thought it was gonna be something something different uh, huh. maybe you're saving that for Christmas it had sort of a holiday theme to it Anyway, uh, I, I am. I, <laughs> I sometimes see. Here's the thing. Sometimes uh, I try and sneak a peek at what the recipes yeah. will be. Yeah. Oh, and, okay. Some of the stuff and, I had saved. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of snooping, so she was, and I, okay, I saw some. I saw okay. some other recipes. Yeah. And I was ooh that that looks good. No. Ooh that looks good. Well, show me so. which ones they are because I'm pinning all the time. <laughs> so, if I you have, Pinterest. by the way, if you have a, a favorite recipe that you would like to share, yes. uh, we're always looking for new recipes for uh, Kyra's Kitchen. You'd love to add to her collection. You can email us your favorite recipe 
please, to goodmornings at WFIN.com. Or if you have a request, if you've been looking for a good recipe for whatever, you can email that request or you have an an idea for a theme. Yes. Because uh, we've done theme oh, yeah. weeks before. Yep. Yep. Uh, you can send all that to us uh, via email as well. Goodmornings at WFIN.com is the email address. And in the meantime, uh, this week's recipes are posted on our Facebook page, on the WFIN Facebook page, and linked up at goodmornings.net. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will wrap up our podcast for today and put a cap on the week. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media, contact us directly via email, sign up for our daily email newsletter, and there's more information about where you can find the Good Mornings Podcast Edition. We're available wherever you get your podcasts, so share that with your friends. Until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. Catch you back here next week.